Jacqueline. And we're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. Hey guys. Thanksgiving just happened. Just happened. How was your Thanksgiving weekend? I'm using weekend loosely. Uh, it was okay. I got some rest, but as ho- holidays are stressful, it was got it stressful okay. nonetheless. Uh, Sorry, it's okay. Just typical mother daughter. Got it. Arguments, mm. screamo matches. Holidays can really incite the yeah. most passionate you... feelings and the most. Uh, t- if you haven't Angry felt like you wanted to kill a family member <laughs> during a holiday, you have not had a holiday. Definitely. For sure. And exhausted. Like, it was just exhausting. Like, it's it's funny how it's like everyone gets time off, but sometimes I feel like the opposite happens where it's like... You work more. You work more. Yeah, definitely. And it's like... What? And it's a different kind of work. It's a whole it's different it's kind of work. Emotional work. There's emotions yeah. tied to it. I, I woke up Friday like having an emotional hangover, not even from alcohol. It was like I woke up Friday and I just didn't want to get out of bed. I was like, hmm, I'll just lay here so I can I get be that. sad. I didn't want to get out of bed, but I also got out and like hopped on my computer and did some Black Friday shopping. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. What'd you get? What'd you get? Oh, a lot did you of score some jewels. Oh. Well, jewelry hardly ever goes on sale, and same with cosmetics. Okay. So I tend did not to, even think about that. Yeah, like that's my strategy. Go hard in the cosmetics, go hard in the jewelry, especially like the semi fine stuff, mm. because I can fill in all the other. Um, I guess areas of my wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just had some like prearranged gifts on like the sporting good websites like NBA store, NFL okay, store. Smart. Uh, national, national hockey. Oh my God. Store. I didn't even think about Christmas gifts yet. Oh, I'm like, I, this is my time of year. Like, oh. I, I'm very prepared going into the holiday shopping season. I know exactly. I have like a little track all mapped out. My boyfriend's stocking will be stuffed by the end of this week. Oh, this does week he stuff? Next does, week. Do you have, do you get a stocking that gets stuffed? Yes. That's real sexual, by the way. <laughs> That's so sweet. He's putting something in me. <laughs> something in my <laughs> But I do forget how much I love L.A. during this time of year. Yeah. Because we are such a city of transplants mm-hmm. around this time of year when people start to leave, especially Thanksgiving when it's a mass exodus. Yeah. And everything is really quiet. Yeah, everyone sweet. leaves. Everything gets, like, shut down. Everyone leaves to go home. Yeah, you can always you can get that, like, hard-to-get reservation at a restaurant uh... you always wanted to try. There was more parking. Do you have like a uh, like a, a, a like a something you really want for Christmas or a gift that? Ooh, I think an espresso machine. Really? Yeah, oh, I don't do traditional good. coffee anymore. I got rid of the Keurig. Something about the the plastic heating up plastic and. The well, yeah, the Keurig the Keurig little pods itself. You is, can't recycle yeah. them. Like I I had enough of my Keurig, okay. uh, and now I just drink espresso. But now I need an espresso machine because I am getting it from the local coffee shop. So then you would like need to buy the beans too. I guess it's a new frontier for me. Okay. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, cuz there are my own espresso. I know there are some espresso machines that like also you have to put in a pod. Yes. But that like the it, reusable pod. Oh, the reusable pod. Which is like environmentally friendly. Okay, that yeah. might be interesting. What are you asking for? I don't know. I've never been see I I love holidays and I love gifts and I love like all celebrations, but I don't like to like plan or try. Like I just, some, I wish, I just, I just wish someone would be like, "This is what's happening," Got it. and I could be like, "Okay, I will partake." You know, that's why um, you and I go so well together. I know that's why we're the into each other's game. We really are. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I'm really getting emotional. It's been a long week, y'all. That's how this podcast started, I Jackie? Know. We're gonna start a podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, is yeah I as much of a I'm quite the planner and I, uh-huh. I love lists and I can be very OCD and type A personality okay, but there okay. are just some areas in my life because I'm so have such like a ba 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 in like every other area that I there are some areas in my life that I just want someone to like please like take over yeah you know you know that, that feeling definitely you, I'm sure, sure you can relate hands on in certain aspects of life and hands off in, in others yeah and so what ends up happening is I think because people do see me as that they end up kind of even like seeing if I am being the one that's gonna I'm take the one who's gonna plan yeah and I end up just not really caring slash wanting mm-hmm. to do it and so 
It's usually uh, my brother's girlfriend who does it. Shh, thanks, Denise. But that's um, a radical act to be like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, that's right? a really radical act of self-love mm-hmm. and self-preservation. Thank you. Yeah. For sure. So I do have some gifts that I've been kind of thinking of what to get for, like, my family members, um, maybe some friends, maybe some friends. <laughs> <laughs> Have they been friendly enough to right. I like, love them enough? It's just, it's a lot of, I, I don't mind being thoughtful. I really do. Um, but it takes some time because I, I like to also be like really good at gifts. Like I hate, yeah. you know, I hate people are like, here are some socks. Gift and like, on. here's yeah. a candle. And I'm sure. like, you know, I could buy a candle. Don't knock a candle. I could buy my own socks. Don't knock a candle. A nice candle is a great look. It is. Don't knock a candle. It is. I just have this like own standard of like awesome gift giving. Okay, I, get I that. like to kind of carry that badge, yeah. and so but that takes a lot of time and effort. And so Planning. then it's yeah, like it's either for me it's like yeah either go one hundred or I don't at all. See, in this particular case, I like event gifts for friends and family. Oh, they're a, a concert they want to go to. That's a really smart. Event they might like to attend. Oh, that's so smart. Make a memory. You know what I mean? Like, make a memory out of yeah, the gift. I that's never... my, like, that's my default gift if I have a close relationship with the person I'm shopping for and I don't know what to get them. And also, that's smart, too, because, like, if you are really special to someone or have that kind of deeper bond mm-hmm. or that deeper connection, then the gift really, like, material goods don't really matter. Right. Right? Right. It's really more about your presence and sure. um, your, connect- your connection. forever. Yeah, 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 but a sock will fade and a candle will burn. It's true. Well, <laughs> shopping, shopping secret, courtesy of Black and Yellow. Hey. Event gifts. Check out goldstar.com. Not a plug, just a site I like. Um, and let that help you. Event yeah. gifts. I highly recommend them. Super smart. I'm going to. That Perfect. one. Clock it. Yep. So Clocked. Around this time of year, I feel like news media starts to like taper off mm. and I feel like because everyone's out of town celebrities included like the 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 tabloid line gets a little bit slower mm-hmm. however which is good there was one story recently recently black black trash tabloid media uh. um I saw the headline I read about it I got I, it gave me pause and I was like hold on there's an episode here uh-huh so Black China. Maybe you know her. Maybe you don't. Her Black with a C and China with a Y. Black. Dang. Okay. All right. I'm not knocking that. Rob Kardashian's baby mama. I think she was a former stripper. Model. Model. Uh, Rapper. rapper. Yes. We'll we'll give her. Well, she dropped an episode. There was a minute where her and, like, Nikki were, like, having beef. And I feel like Nikki talks about... Black China and some of her lyrics. I think Black China released a song not too long ago, though. So for all intents and purposes of, of this intro, she's a rapper. Yeah, it's kind of, a, it it's kind of a cool name, too, I think. Yeah. Women making their own, like, yeah. no shade. Right. However, she has come out with a new product that she is currently endorsing. I guess she hasn't come out of it, but she's endorsing a product called White Nicious by Black China Diamond Illuminating and Lightning Cream. This cream will run you two hundred and fifty dollars, wow. and it comes in a Swarovski crystal studded jar. Yes, it That's is a pricey. lightning cream, illuminating. Don't fall for that like abstract <laughs> marketing jargon. It's lightning cream, okay? Skin bleaching. Illuminate cream. your skin by turning itself. it whiter. <laughs> I mean, listen, we'll, we'll get to why yeah. the abstract definitely in this episode. But uh, this company, White Nicious, was started by a Cameroonian pop and hip-hop star by the name of Denica. And it is quite, quite simply a skin bleaching cream. Now, I... More or less. More, I mean, yeah. Uh, I read this headline, and the first thing I thought was, are black people still bleaching their skin in 2018? Well, I've always thought it was a bizarre thing from um, Michael Jackson. Like, when I was, like, oh, eight, eight to ten years old, I remember thinking, like, why would anyone want to do that to themselves? Right. Right. Actually go through that process of, of seeing that happened. I guess, we, I think we said something along the lines of, like, it's like a self-induced vitiligo. Well, I think after he died, 
there was proof that he had vitiligo. But uh, I think I think there were a lot of competing stories. Like, he had vitiligo, so he bleached out to sort of even everything out. That story was always very convoluted. Yeah, I right? I didn't read up on that show in prep for this show. Yeah. Um, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. I guess, for me, I always knew that skin bleaching went down in my community, but it was always very taboo. Like, you never spoke of it. You definitely never owned up to it, because more or less you would be met with widespread ridicule. Yikes. And you'd also be looked at as a low-key race trader. Yeah, because, well, yeah, if you're completely changing changing the color of your skin because of the purpose to become white, that's extremely problematic and psychologically uh, having a lot of psychological issues in that sense. Yeah, definitely. And I guess I was more shocked because I live every day in a world where black is beautiful. Right. Black don't crack. Say it Damn loud. Right. Black and I'm mm-hmm. proud. Like, that is the world that I live in. And so I, I feel like I do that very human thing of I'm living in this world. That means we're all living in this world. Right. Which is not necessarily the case. <laughs> you guys should have seen the dance move she just did. She, like, stuck her hand out and did this saying, little, like... like... Like, that was the personification of, like, I think everyone's doing it. Right. But no. But no. Very different. Yeah. And I... Maybe you're black and proud, but someone else who's black right. ain't. And I do have to stop in my not-so-dark-skinned privilege and be like, okay, Alana, you're brown, you're black, on the spectrum of, you know, yellow, like, light bright to dark as fuck, I'm solidly in the middle. Yeah. I've gotten some colorism thrown my way, but not a ton. And at the core, a lot of what skin bleaching, a lot of the components to skin bleaching are some form of self-loathing, oh, some form yeah. of white supremacy, For some form sure. of colonialism, some form of just deep, sheer unhappiness yeah. with oneself, yeah. and the belief that dark skin is not beautiful. Right, and, and the belief that once you're white, that will solve all your problems. Right. Which is also not very true. Definitely. Yeah. Bleaching syndrome mm, is what that would be called. I see. I didn't know anyone that bleached their skin in high school. But okay. I knew a couple of bleachers in college, and they range really? from oh, definitely, <gasps> and they range from I would say um, a casual bleacher, like not I'm a casual bleacher. Well, t- no, I, I like the you know like the severity of yeah, yeah, like once or twice a week, all the way to heavy bleachers. Okay, so can you explain how that works? I can like, on a chemical slash time scale definitely level. So, there's two popular methods of bleaching your skin. One are topical creams. They're applied to the face and the body because you don't mm-hmm. want a, a, a white face and a black body. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like, maybe someone what... <laughs> does. <laughs> they are. Uh, they are extremely risky. You can risk burns, permanent scarring, or damage, infection, cancer, mercury poisoning, or Jeez. liver and kidney malfunction. Wow. They have been banned in several countries because they contain chemicals such as mercury, i.e. the mercury poisoning, and hydroquinique, which disrupts the synthesis and production of melanin. And if you know what melanin is, it's that that natural sunscreen that we have as black people baked into our skin. You guys have more. Yes. To protect us from harsh sun rays, for instance. And, or there's also a, some also contain corticosteroids. Whoa. That's the, I think that's one of the additives that got them banned in the UK. Okay. And then there's a new treatment has hit the market. It's an intravenous glutathione treatment. So glutathione is an antioxidant found naturally in human cells that neutralizes free radicals, boosts the immune system, and detoxes the body. However, it can also cause skin lightening by converting melanin to a lighter color and deactivating the enzyme tyrosinase, which helps produce the pigment. Whoa. Straight from the science books, folks. And that is like intravenous, meaning so it's like they... An IV drip. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that that that's touted as the more natural... So, that's touted as the more natural solution. That's ironic. Um, because I, I guess because glutathione is something that naturally happens sure. in the body. You're just ex- ex- excess you're amounts. Yeah. 
the um, process slash more glutathione than than you would maybe have, have right. on average. Right. It is from worth, food. worth noting, though, that while studies have shown that oral and topical glutathiones are safe for dietary supplementation, there have been no rigorous, large-scale studies on the use of IV skin lightening treatments or of their long-term effects. I see. So essentially, you know, nothing's bad come from it, come bad of it yet, but nothing... Good. Like, we don't know how it will help help or hinder you long term and if it's i mean well, it's a bleaching system like yeah that doesn't happen naturally in that's, nature and that shouldn't ha- yeah exactly well i mean asians do it you know yes. yeah asians have a lot of constant they also have when i think when i was in thailand i was looking or who oh it was um uh when i went to thailand we were with a couple people and they were looking for uh like cream like face cream like moisturizer Mm -hmm. and some people couldn't like specifically like find it without a whitening so all the natural like all the lotions and like face cream all of them had like an it's kind of like if you would take the the analogy of like most moisturizers have like an spf correct like 10 15 right so this is like most of them will all have this lightening lightening whitening element right to whiten their face. And I would see some Thai girls, because generally Thai girls are darker mm-hmm. in general, like Southeast Asia, right? Right. And they would be like all, some of them had a lot of makeup on and you would see this like weird, almost like sunscreen on maybe someone who's uh, who's dark in general. You see that sort of like who hasn't been really like rubbed in well. Oh. It's, it's like this weird like white sort of like, I would have to like, it's like to, a strong beige SPF on darker skin. Yeah, or like they just didn't put it, like really Rub work it in. It in. And so a couple times I'd be on the street and there'd be these group of Thai girls just having lunch <laughs> on the side or something. And I'd have to like almost double take because I would see that her face was white or and her mm-hmm. neck was darker. Right. And then I realized, oh, they're like, they're whitening their face. But isn't it, I mean... Skin bleaching among Asians, it's a known fact. And, it's, like, it's its owned and admitted up to. It's yeah, it's... No, it's not really... I don't think anyone... Maybe some people don't really maybe uh, condone it okay, as much okay. or don't support it as much. But it's definitely not something to be ashamed of. Okay. Because white is the way to go. Like, the whiter you are, the prettier you are. So why wouldn't anyone want to support you in that? I hear that. And it's the adverse in the black community where... It happens a lot because colorism is still very much prevalent. There is yeah. still team light skin versus team dark skin. That is still yeah. very much a thing that occurs in the black community. But I think it also, I mean, dark skin is stigmatized all over the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And generally with any sort of stigmatization, let's take dark skin, for instance, it's harder to live a better life for some people. I mean, here in the United States, there's evidence to back that lighter skin people generally get better jobs, make more money at said jobs, have higher marriage rates and have higher rates of success in marriage. Yeah. So it really does affect the quality of life overall. Yeah. And no matter how you slice it, Complexion and skin tone has always been a very touchy subject in the African-American community. Mm, Always. Always. No matter what. There have been celebs who have been bleaching privately and publicly for years. Celebs that you probably know, like Sammy Sosa. Now, let me stop myself because he's Dominican. So Uh there's another layer that I'm not totally... Literally looking at his face right now. Oh, it's frightening. Like, is there like before and after? Mm -hmm. Just start saying this was the before and after. Um, There's another layer being the Dominican layer that I'm not totally aware of, but I know that that's a factor. Michael Jackson, as we said... You mean Dominican, like being Dominican... I think being... in the Latin community. Oh, darker. Skin, oh, I see what you mean. But also not rocking natural hair. Like, those are those <gasps> are tenants that oh are Oh, my God. I'm really shocked. Upheld. Yeah, it's frightening looking. It's so scary, y'all. If you haven't seen before and after Sammy Sosa photos, pause this, take a break, look at what he looks like, Whoa. and then come back to this. Um, Azalea Banks has owned up to bleaching. Lil' Kim has bleached. Trina McGee, you might know her as Angela from Boy Meets World, though she denies this claim. If you look at a before and after of her, something's not quite right. And Lark Voorhees, a.k.a. Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell. And again, like, all of these people have met widespread ridicule 
um, for bleaching their skin, but there's a lot of reasons to meet these people with compassion. And I think in prep for this episode, mm -hmm. I had to stop myself and continuously call out my level of privilege. Sure. Uh, my, my level of complexion privilege, let me be specific, because I didn't grow up receiving a ton of mocking and harassment for the darkness of my skin. Yeah. And in the world that we live in, light people are always pushed to the center, whereas darker skinned people are always pushed to the margin. Definitely. And, um, I think your life would be very different if yeah. you were just, uh, I mean, darker than you are, truly. Sure. So, I mean, essentially a little me too, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and you, you really have to stop yourself and look in the mirror literally when, when doing, when I was prepping for this podcast or doing this sort of work moving through life, because whatever complexion you are, especially if you're a darker complexion, life is harder for you period. around the world. It's harder for you, period. Yeah, that's... I, it'll change, but it's still it's gonna take time mm -hmm. because of those times yeah. where dark meant poor, definitely, and white meant high status. Yeah, class. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ronald Hall. He's a professor of social work at Michigan State University. He's the author of Black America's Bleaching Syndrome, or he's the author of the article Black America's Bleaching Syndrome. And he believes that the rise of glutathione treatments, in addition to the growing use of various bleaching creams, reveals a taboo that African Americans certainly are aware of, but admit, but loathe to admit. Yeah. Though they might criticize lighter-skinned people, that happens all the time, all the time in the Black community. She's not Black because she's too light. But many of these dark-skinned people, many of those people deep down abhor dark skin. Wow. And that's the, that's the thing that we don't talk about enough oh, in the African-American community. Like, we I just see. don't have that conversation mm. the way that we should. I see. Yeah, definitely, I think... I think there is a certain privilege that comes with having lighter black skin that darker black skin people feel and vice versa. Yeah, for sure. You know? I mean, let's take this back to history, shall we? Shall we? Let's, we let's, shall. Let's, 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 let's like take a step back in time. So Asian and India, ha Asian countries and Indian countries have long had an intense level of stigma towards darker people. Yeah, same. I mean, Bollywood. If you look at Bollywood, right. it's oh, all I thought about that. it's all lighter skinned Indians, and I've re I've talked to Indians that say like it's not fair as a darker Indian, you have lesser of a chance than getting picked to do something. Being in Bollywood, most of Bollywood is favors lighter skinned Indians. Oh my God, I, Indians, the other black man. Yeah, I never well, they're like the blacks that. of like Asians. They're yeah. brown skin. I mean, I yeah. never. I mean, there are some Indians that. that are so dark that I've mistaken Indians like without maybe hearing them or seeing exactly their um, features. facial features I've thought they were black like just maybe seeing an arm or like in passing real quick um, I've I've thought they were black and then gone because like in, in Thailand and in Taiwan there's quite a bit of Indians um, I've gone and I've like somehow ended up next to them or saw them again at some place in a market night market you know like sometimes yeah. people are just walking around and i'm like oh crap that guy's indian i swear yeah, he was black double take. wow so there's a lot of issues with that because you know along with the skin tone and the hair and everything um you see a lot of darker indian men marrying a lot of lighter indian uh girls yeah and that's an issue because why can the like so the men can be dark but the women can't Right. You don't oh. see as much darker women marrying lighter Indian colored men. If anything, the lighter colored Indian men are going to marry a, a, a same equal or even lighter Indian skinned girl. I wonder if there's that's definitely there. I, I, oh, 100 yeah. percent. I'm not I'm not denying that at all. I wonder if there is also something to be said about the fact that the reason that this happens for Indian men and not for Indian women is because of a gender privilege. We're like because men yeah. are the hunters, so mm -hmm. to speak. They set their sights on the woman that they want to woo and marry. And they can so, get him. And they can get it. And maybe if they are of status or have some sort of, or in general, because they are men, they have more of a privilege right. than 
then they should go after the prettier, so-called prettier quotations, women, which are lighter skinned and the darker skinned Indian girls right. have that option. I also wonder if part of the Just messed of, up. of marrying a lighter person is like, I don't want my child. I want, exactly. I want to have a lighter child. Yeah. I don't want my child to suffer the fate of, of what it means to, have, to be very right. dark which skinned. I'm sure they will specifically do that because the struggles they went through just being darker. Yeah. Even if they have money and status. Yeah. And yeah, it's fascinating. It's crazy. Well, Latin American countries also have laws and policy in place preventing discrimination to skin color. Wow. So think of Sammy Sosa. I, I bet I bet maybe his life was, was affected by the discrimination that he felt pre- Yeah. Uh, National football, national State baseball, baseball league. Play, league. Yeah, sorry. It's okay, all the same. <laughs> Just kidding. In the U.S., however, mulatto skin was really what got uh, the fire, like the race catalyst started between the lighter skin and the darker skin. Oh yeah, because mulattoes are mulattoes, can be can be turn out very light, but can also be very for dark. sure. And they were generally the product of a slave master and his slave, mm-hmm. so they were generally lighter and then granted privileges, uh, privileges of. The master race. Yeah. And there was also the mulatto theory, which was born out of, of of the benefits and privileges that mulattoes had, was this idea that if you were lighter skinned, you were smarter. And so mulatto oh children or mulatto individuals were more likely to receive education yes. before darker skinned people. For sure. So, and there, I think it's also worth noting that within the African-American community, a lot of our leaders... Our famous leaders were light skinned. Mm. Think of Malcolm X. Think of W. Martin Luther. Think of Huey P. Newton, yeah. Angela Davis, Thurgood Marshall, Rosa Parks, Harry Belafonte. Like those people are all light skinned. Or if we want to keep it contemporary, Colin Kaepernick, Ava DuVernay, Common, Cory Booker, Sean King, Jesse Williams. Well, that's why I think people like Lupita and like, um, uh, what's her name? M- Murder. M- m- uh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis. You know, these some these celebrities that are very dark skinned that can like Yeah. Really somehow make a stand. But, but I think we also oh and let me not forget our first black president. Obama. President I was just Obama. thinking about that. But like we we can't Jordan Peele. Yes. And we can't move through life saying, Oh, but that's just a coincidence, they're light skinned. No, there is some there's a correlation between being yeah. closer to the For dominant sure aesthetic yeah. that has put these people in these positions of power. Definitely. I think we need more Viola Davises. I Same. think we need more Lupita. Same. But I think we also need the lighter skinned black chicks to stand up for the darker yeah. skinned black chicks. There's enough success to go around. Yeah, I agree. And I we couldn't have this conversation without talking about how important within the black community it is to pass as a white person. That is a thing that is spoken about. That is a thing that is discussed in our community generally wow. when a new family member enters the world. That is a hush-hush conversation. You mean black... like a baby? Mm-hmm. Like that conversation goes down among family once the baby is first seen. Like, oh, let me see. Okay, he light skin. Let's hope he don't darken up. That hair looks nice and straight. It looks real pretty. Wow. You know, he might be able to pass. Let's hope he don't get darker now. <gasps> oh, my. And we, as young African-American Gosh. kids, we feel that from a young age. Wow. We hear family members and family friends have those conversations. We hear the, well, you know, she dark-skinned, so she better act right and study hard because, you know. Wow. Hard out here for a dark-skinned girl. Oh, yeah. And even the message, the messages that we send our kids yeah. are vastly different. Yeah, 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 when yeah. you're a lighter-skinned black child, it's like, you can do anything. You're so beautiful. The, you, the right. world is it's your yours. oyster. Yeah. But when they're darker, the yep. message tends to be... People be mean. Or beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You are um, beautiful and you are strong, but you have to believe it first. The subtext being, if you're lighter... The world's going to see that you're more beautiful. It's yeah. just obvious. Yeah, but yeah, if you're yeah, darker, yeah. you've got to really work on wow. that self-esteem and really generate it from the inside because those people out there, oh, they're not going to do that. Damn. I mean, it's absurd. I've, I've, um, Fuck yeah, it is. I've like befriended a, like siblings before of like, like a younger sister and older brother. And they've straight up told me like, yeah, my brother was light skinned. He had it easier than me, you know? Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. And for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And that sucks Mm -hmm. that the world ends up happening that way. 
And to have that someone be so close to you or if you have a lighter parent. That happens in the black community oh, all my gosh. the time. All the time. Or being disappointed that your child came out darker than you. That's another one. Oh, my God. The siblings thing really kills me, though, because... You know, when you're born with the exact same level of privilege. Totally. And the only difference is Your a skin? complexion difference, a huge, huge difference. difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the world likes to make it a huge difference. But I, I think that's a, that's going to be the title for this show, A Huge Difference. Oh. Um, look at you, Jackie. But, but in all seriousness, like, that happens all the time. I know. And the quality of life is just so, so damn different. Mm-hmm. But let's actually dive into where the, like, beauty standard came from, shall we? Yeah, let's. In 1967, Dutch sociologist Harry Hotink coined the term somatic norm image to describe why some shades of skin are favored over others. In the U.S., some trace the emergence of light skin as the somatic norm image for all modern-day races to the 1930s ad campaign for Breck Shampoo. To market their product, the company created the Breck Girl to use in ads. She had fair alabaster skin. She had a really conservatively coiffed haircut like a bob. And her idea and her beauty was like thought to be the ideal of feminine beauty. Mm. But I think even before the I think even before ad campaigns came around, I look back to the the original incarnation of beauty standards, classic art. Yeah. And in classic art, in terms of women like you and I, we played, at at least for African-Americans, I should say, African-Americans were either depicted as slaves or as exotic others. Mm -hmm, We were mm -hmm. never cast in the role, in the beauty. Yeah. um, We were never cast into roles of beauty. Yeah. Therefore, I think that sends a message to people looking at the art as a whole to say, like, these people should not be viewed as beautiful because, look, they weren't even viewed as classic beauties back in the day. Back in the day. When I think you have to stop and think, the idea of a quote-unquote classic beauty was a lot of aristocracy. Mm -hmm. People who were around, who could afford to be painted. Yeah. And so those were the people who got painted, but somehow those are the people that we look back to and go, that's a classic beauty. yep. And that's all privilege. Exactly. And simply because Asian and black women are not depicted, we are we have a harder fight in terms of, of being viewed as quote unquote beautiful because right. we don't have the the classic foundation. Yeah. When if so you take speak. it back to our when you take it back to our episode of I don't know which one it was, but about like black women having curves. And, you know, was like, that? was it the Jezebel, Mamie? I think it might be that does where, sound like the Jezebel. Where it was like these men saw these, like, curvy-ass women and went goo gaga for that, you know? Oh, yeah, so it's like sexualized black woman. Yeah, yes, so yes, it's yes, like yes. you don't want to revere them as these, like, classic beauty things, but you'll... Right. You know, it's for sure. It's just it, it it's just wrong. Well, I think not only is that wrong, I think that... If you are dark-skinned, in order for you to be beautiful, you have to jump through more hoops. Yes. Especially as a dark-skinned black woman. Yep. Um, You really do. There's an article. It's called, It's Time to Talk About Our Light-Skinned Leadership by Ashley Simpo. And she sort of puts it really well. She says, if you have darker skin, you can't just be reverent or cool. You have to be fascinating. You have to be true black like Ducky Thought or androgynous black like Grace Jones or dressed up in approachable Negro gear like DeRay McKesson or married to the president like Michelle Obama. You can't be too aggressive Mm. or take up more space than anyone wants you to. Mm. And you cannot make too many mistakes. You can come from the hood, but you must shed 80% of your hood tendencies if you're not going to rap. Wow. You can be black, but you must speak proper white English. Yep. You can be woke, but not angry. And if you are angry, please be light-skinned and pleasant-faced. Mm, so good. These are the rules every black person learns when they enter the real world. And these are the rules that bind even our social leaders. I cannot agree more. Yeah, that's a really good statement. That's... I, I'm just like flabbergasted. She said it all. All of it. 100%. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, like th- those are the things that we learn real as quick. Black kids going out into yeah. the world, and you just sort of have to survive, mm-hmm. and then you live the rest of your life that way. Basically, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think also when these products are sold to us, when these bleaching creams are sold to black women, it's worth noting, like I said earlier in the episode, 
the the language is is abstract and enigmatic and kind of vague and dreamy yes. as well like even out your skin tone yeah luminous glow right instead of turn white yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and um when i was a teenager i had acne and once the acne cleared and i had to like get into the the scar fading portion oh, I see. of recovery so to speak um I was looking at different options, and I ultimately settled on a retinol cream, but my nurse, who's been with me since I had my first zit at 13, I could feel her being very careful of the language that she She used. She was white. Yeah. Because if she used the term, even out skin tone, fade, smooth out, I would lose my mind. I'd be like, wait, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean fade? What do you mean even out? Yeah. I don't want to, like, bleach my skin. Like, right. I, like, it's like a tick for me. Right. Which, in fact, it, it sucks that it has to be that way because what she could be really saying isn't, you know, anyone could be really saying it's like, it's like the same thing with, I don't know, certain things with being Asian. It's like, and unfortunately, that is the way that because of the communication and the dialogue between these cultures for so long mm-hmm. that even when you're not trying to say get wider yeah you have to literally like white guilt or whatever yeah. you have to be on your fucking toes because you don't know when someone would be like what do you mean what do you mean by that yeah you know for sure, and definitely. it and it really makes me sad like and it's hard to get away from the programming of lighter is writer. Absolutely. I mean, or that like hard. everyone's out to get me because I'm black. A hundred percent. You know? A hundred percent. And in that sense, it's like two people have to do the work. I think it's good that if you're not black to have that extra awareness constantly of like, let me just be as uh, with my intention is not to hurt them or to whatever, whatever, whatever it may be. And I think the other, whether you're black, whether you're minority or whether you're whatever, to not always wear that like a fucking armor, like a sleeve. Because I see, I see there's there's people out there that do that and they just get it more. It's like what you resist persists. Yeah. You know? I see what like, you Like when I came back yeah. from vacation and I, I talked about this before, we went, we were exiting LAX and this black guy was like, we walked out and he was like, why'd you come to me, huh? And I wanted to be like, because you work here? Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> do you want me to say because you're black? I get that. Because that's yeah. clearly not why. It, but, but do you see, it, it yeah. becomes like, and, and America has this huge issue where it's like, huge. why it got to be that way? Why it got to be black? Why it got to be white? And it's like, it's not a, it, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it is. But right? I, right. Definitely. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, you didn't. I was going to say, I feel like America has that problem because we have a problem talking about race in general. Always, until forever. We can, until we can get over that hump. Yeah. Which, when I say give it over the hump, let me be real specific. There was a point in time where white people used to talk about what it meant to be white and what whiteness was. Right. That existed in right. our American history. Yeah. Somehow in the conversation of race and the, the, the need to be politically correct, ugh, I hate that phrase. Yeah, me too. Somehow white people stopped talking about race because it made them uncomfortable and 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 basically news media and society at large said oh politically correct means let's not make people uncomfortable i mean let's not hurt people's feelings either right but if it's making someone uncomfortable (laughs) let's just not talk about it and i think that's where white people not talking about race started yeah and i think that needs to change and i think it has i think i mean having a first black president having yeah you know multiple um examples of people just seeing human versus mm-hmm. or soul or spirit yeah. versus color or religion um it's slowly getting there but it, it, it there's moments of i we live in such a progressive state or right. like a liberal you know state of mind that i forget because we're so in it and because mm-hmm. we are artists and because i am so open that yeah. when i have moments like that i'm like oh we're not there yet like, oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. We still have a couple decades of this, you know? Yeah. It takes um, a long time to undo a system. Exactly. And so I think with the whole skin bleaching thing is the same thing. It's like, it, it, it's essentially, it's kind of like how Asians have the need to cut their eyes open, to have bigger eyes, you know? Wow. Like, I never, I, I see, <coughs> excuse me, I see the, the, the train of thought that you're having. I never 
it's Same really more. it's really accepted and people get it all the time but i i have always thought that was really weird for me because it's like why you're born with this shape why would you want to change that you're born with this color why would you want to change yeah, that they're your native features exactly and yeah. you want to change it for you know like all the reasons you stated earlier but but then that that mentality and that that that, that, that whatever void you're trying to fill you know prompted by parents or socially or you know pretty much your environment uh is 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 like you said it's hard to change that programming mm-hmm. when I, I mean the first time my mom said yeah I'll I'll take you to go get your eyes done I was like eight years old and I went she said yeah I'm, I'll have I'll you know I'll take you to go get your eyes done and I was like you mean they're gonna cut open my eyelids and make them bigger and I had huge issues with that. I still have issues with my small eyes because I thought they were wrong or bad. Just like someone might think that being black is wrong and bad. Yeah, I get that. And Definitely. I still struggle with it sometimes when I see other actors on film or see my eyes in a picture. But my mom has clearly embraced surgery and big eyes. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but one could argue like she's, it's a norm for her. Yeah, and she did it, and her sisters did it, and so that's normal, but it's also kind of fucked up. Definitely. (laughs) Well, definitely, because essentially what you're doing is saying this feature that I've been born with is not... So I'm going to change it. It's Yeah, it's not what I desire, so I will change it. And I think, look, everyone has a right to look the way they want to yeah, look. Yeah, do whatever but you I want. I think changing your physical appearance is unhealthy when it's being done for a reason other than your health yeah. or other than your own happiness. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think the whole, you know, I think bleaching is, it's a, all of these things that we're talking about is very psychological. Definitely. And so how do you, how do you begin to even, I mean, I know if I was a parent, I would never suggest that to my daughter ever in a million years. I would, I would tell her this, look, this exists. Right. And if you really feel like you want bigger eyeballs right i won't you know but but yeah how do you like if you had a child that wanted to like bleach their skin so i think the first step is understanding it like i think the first step is understanding where this need to bleach where this bleaching syndrome as ronald hall calls it comes from like how does it work yeah exactly so he says there's three components there's the psychological psychological component which is first this involves self-rejection of dark skin and other native characteristics so it could be rejection of dark skin or asian shaped eyes yeah yeah like for sake of argument right Second, it's psychological in that it influences group behavior, hence the phenomenon of black celebrities bleaching their skin, hence the phenomenon mm. of Asian women changing their their eye shape. Mm-hmm. The final aspect is... Yeah, because so- if there's a giant proven fact that like majority of the population does get this done... Right, because there is a social impact there. Yeah, definitely. It makes you feel, if everyone around you is doing something, it makes you, it normalizes it. Yeah, completely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Final aspect is physiological. The physiological is not limited to just bleaching the skin. It can also mean altering hair texture and eye color to mimic the dominant group. That's what little Kim did. Mm. Little Kim not only lightened her skin, but she changed her eye color. With like... Like that. I think it's context. Oh, okay. And uh, altered her hair texture. Hmm. And then the fact that so few mainstream culture can even acknowledge the existence of bleaching syndrome is a testament to how taboo the topic is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is one of those sorts of taboos where it's just so taboo, it's even taboo to say anything. Yeah. When you brought this topic up, I was like, ooh. I was like... I that that's that that's that that's a thing. But we got. I mean, but we we've <laughs> got. It's thing. gotta be talked about. <sighs> no, it really does. I mean, yes, it really does. Cause it, just bleaching. When I think of bleach, I think of chemical. I think of yeah, not healthy. No. And so when you're actually bleaching something that is part of you, right? You know, let alone the health hazards. But mm-hmm. then, well, I think ultimately. In conversations like these, I think you've got to stop and ask yourself three questions. How do you define beauty? Yeah. How far would you go to get it? Yeah. And what sacrifices are you willing to make? Right. And like this skin bleaching stuff, it's not tested long term. Yeah. There's no, 
there, there's no knowledge of how it's going to affect your life in 20 years. Right. If a 19 year old girl is bleaching her skin right now and hopes to be a mother, so to speak. Yeah. And she continues to bleach. We have no idea how that's affecting her long term. And her DNA and her genetics. Yeah. And if she gets pregnant. Yeah. Like, but but things like that, I think you have to think of. And I also think that when there's movements happening, like there's definitely a an ethnic movement happening in the United States yeah. right now. Yeah. People of color, be it Asian, be it black, are popular. Yeah. They're hot. Skin color and skin darkness. Yeah. Is but not too dark. Let me mind you. Right, 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 right. Is is <laughs> you're right about that. Is very much at the forefront. Mm-hmm. But I think for every movement, you can't forget about the people that are having a hard time embracing oh, it. Oh, I completely agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And to anyone who's watching, who's a skin bleacher, or sorry, anyone who's listening, who's a skin bleacher, and, and hearing this, like this episode is for you. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that. If we were to give a call to action, a way to, to to solve this problem, ultimately it's a human problem and it's decades of of human thought and deeply held beliefs that we would have to undo. And yeah. that's difficult. Well, and that takes time and energy and lots of love mm-hmm. and lots of nurturing, lots of therapy, right? lots of just being okay with who you are and um and there within that there's a you know relapsing and coming right. back and it's a little form of addiction you know it's a form of something that realizing that by you skin bleaching or even me getting my eye surgery isn't really going to solve the issue so like what's yeah. really the issue there and finding totally. that and once you've that got that figured out and healed with time then if you feel like you still want to bleach your skin Totally. Totally go for it. But but I guess what it is, it's it's a it's a much deeper issue. And I think that's what we're talking about as far as figuring that out and healing yourself from it. Right. And you I know? think moving through this world with compassion, both yeah. compassion for the person who you know that you know bleaches and you know it's linked to Man. a deep seated so self-hatred. Do you know anyone or... right now currently I in don't. your personal life? That... I don't. No. The couple people I knew in college I no longer speak to. I remember... Can you see their before and after pictures, like, on Facebook? Yes. No. <laughs> no. No. I mean, it's been a while, but been I a just... Long... I haven't... Okay. Maybe go stalk them. I haven't them. checked. Go stalk them. I guess is the better answer. Okay. Um. I mean, I was... If there's one person I kind of kept in contact with, it was, like, the casual bleacher. Okay. As opposed to the heavy bleacher. Sure. But... Colorism is still very much alive and well in the United States, mm. and it exists not just on a, 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 a national level among strangers that you don't know, but it also exists, at least in the African-American community, within our families, mm. within our homes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've got we've to gotta put that in check first. Yeah, it has to be talked I mean? about more and more Definitely. and more. And, and if the person isn't, like, even if the, like, like, if I would do that to my daughter, like, if I don't know anyone that's cut their eye open or if they don't have anyone, I would still talk about it. Yeah. I'd be like, look, this exists. And you yeah. may feel like you may want to do this at some point. For sure. But before you actually do it, wait till you're 30 or wait till yeah. you're 25. You know? Exactly. Till you've grown up, till you get everything in check, till you realize what what is really bothering you. Sure. But even if, yeah, even I think if they're not exposed to it or if there isn't that in your family, that has to be a thing. Yeah, and be kind to the the, the friend or the family member that yeah. has the bravery to come to you and be like, I think I, I need to bleach my skin or I think I need to get the eyelid surgery. Yeah, I've had a lot of Asian friends be like, I think I'm going to get it. And my first question is like, okay, how come? Like, I just want to know. Okay. You know? Okay. I tend to really just be like, oh, is it because of this? Is it because of that? Or Got it. I tend to sort of kind of like f- f- swim around and see what is really the, if there is an issue mm. um, or if it's just that they want plastic surgery, then okay. See, so, I guess I come at it from a standpoint of like, is if that's what you feel you need to do, great. Because generally, I feel like when someone brings it up in conversation, they want to talk about it. Right. I guess I don't ask immediately because I'm like, they're going to talk about it. Like, mm. just give them their time, I give see. them their space. Or I'll relate because I can relate to There's that for another sure. way to go about it. So yeah. I always relate and be like, yeah, I wanted to do that too. Mm-hmm. But, and then I go into why, because I, I can only speak for myself. I get it. Um, and seeing how, what their reaction is. But, 
And if you yeah. are on the receiving end of, of, of news like that, stop and consider your own privilege. It was really tough prepping for this episode and really having to like withhold judgment or just stop judging completely and having to look at myself and being like, you know what? You're medium dark and your complexion is the kind of complexion that's fly and that you love and that you get compliments on, but that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. Blessed you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like have the attitude of gratitude Mm -hmm. as opposed to the attitude of like, let me teach you something. Right. 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 Everyone's got an opinion and everyone wants to tell it. Everyone. They'll tell you if they don't tell you they'll write about it. They'll post it. True. Absolutely. And that's telling something. Someone. I just want to be the mellow yellow one that like people are comfortable enough to come to to talk to about yeah. the real shit. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we both are like that. Yeah. <laughs> we well, are. that's our show, guys. Happy holiday season. I know. I hope your shopping goes smoothly. Oh, Jack and I boy. might just sprinkle in some more shopping some more shopping secrets for you. We will, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. to make this time a little bit easier if yeah, you need some to escape from the family. Tips. We're here. Listen to, to us. Listen. Put us on. Definitely. Have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Smoke a J. Yep, listen to us on the airplane, in the car, on the toilet. I get you. Yeah, <laughs> racial issues during the holidays, I feel like we'll ramp up for some people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's nowadays. Well, and nowadays, too, with such mixed families. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's all, that's awesome. Blending takes a while. It though. does take a while, but, but, you know, with, with, with how we opened the show, holidays being stressful and all, mm-hmm. and mixed families being like the thing now. Yeah. Um, just, uh, be again, have the attitude of gratitude and be grateful that these people are alive and well and that you can be a part of that, I guess. For really. sure. Yeah. This episode was produced by Christian Humes over at Zeit Heist. Thank you, thank you. Feel free to follow us on Apple Podcast, and while you're there, head down to those row, that row of stars and click on a five star and leave us a great rate and review. We would love it. You would be a great like seat like airline. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, a stewardess. Stewardess. Mm-hmm. And here are the exit signs. I know. I know. That just sounds like so, much so good. We're also <laughs> on Spotify. Yes, we are. So, Black and Yellow Podcast, and you will see Zeitheist, because mm-hmm. people are always like, huh? Zeitheist as um, sort of, like, right under our channel or our our, our, uh, our name, our name, name because that's who produces us. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're also on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Jacqueline Chung-Young on the gram. At Jacqueline Chung-Young, I would assume. Oh, yeah, at Jacqueline Chung-Young. I love that. <laughs> I'm Alana Webster at Renegade of Fun. Happy holidays, guys. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay woke. One love. And keep up with that bougie mouth. Hey, bougie mouth. Woo! <laughs>